What's up, Kentucky Hikers? It's Sit Down Paddleboard Mike here with your Kentucky Hiker Project podcast for Thursday, September 8th, 2022. That's right. Some of you stand up paddleboard, but as it turns out, I'm more of a sit down paddleboard guy right now, and we'll talk a little bit more about that misery later. This episode is benefiting Kentucky Natural Lands Trust, a nonprofit organization whose mission it is to expand our public lands. We're going to help them out with a thousand bucks so they can add another acre for the good guys. That's us. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Grayson Lake trip that we just finished up last weekend, uh, how to enjoy misery when you're out there, and our Leave No Trace segment will be plan ahead and prepare, especially when there are multiple land managers in one area that you're visiting. Um, So today's feature, hikes, uh, we're just going to talk about We went out to Grotto Falls, which is a five-mile paddle. Uh, You actually put in just a little bit north of the state park there and uh, paddle out uh, into a finger of Grayson Lake. And and so I believe it's Clifty Creek. And so if you do this this water hike, it's five miles. It's pretty easy um, if you are on any type of watercraft that you are familiar with. As it turns out, I was not familiar with my watercraft, and so it was a pretty painful day. Um, anyway, beautiful. Uh, the grotto was, Grotto Falls was not flowing all that much, um, but it's still a beautiful place to visit, even without a lot of water on it. Um, you do have to provide your own uh, kayak, canoe, stand-up paddleboard. There are rentals available just a little bit north on Kentucky 7 at TNT, and so you can check, uh, check into that, but you still have to transport your uh, kayak, canoe, paddleboard uh, on the way out there. And so they don't do it for you. You have to do it yourself. Um, It wasn't overly crowded thanks to a lot of rain um, that came in and so it was interesting because I was hoping to have a perfect day um, out there at the falls uh, with a lot of rain to fill up the falls and then to go out in between some rain. As it turns out, most of the rain fell north, south, east, and west of us, uh, but not where we were. And so we did get caught out with a little bit of lightning there, which we took shelter under a really large rock shelter. Um, you know, just to wait out the lightning and the rain. Uh, I think at, the closest it got to us was maybe five miles out, so we were still at a relatively safe distance. But anyway, um, it's a great place to visit. So if you're ever planning a trip, you like to do water things, water hiking, uh, this is definitely at the top of the list, you know, as far as Kentucky paddles go. All right, so we did that on Saturday, and then afterwards we went out and uh, got into town and had some dinner. I enjoyed a smoked bologna sandwich, which was uh, at Bezos Sports Pub, which was fantastic, by the way, and uh, lasted about three minutes on my plate, and then it was in my belly. So got up the next day. We went out to Lick Falls, which is a three-mile loop at Grayson Lake uh, State Park. And so there are two trails on this state park. One comes from the campground. It's just a connector trail. The main event, though, is this Lick Falls loop. It clocks in at 3.39 miles, 493 feet of elevation gain. So it is a little bit punchy. I still listed it as easy to moderate just because it is a relatively short hike. Um, In researching this hike, I did see a number of people that uh, reported getting lost. Um, I, you know, I have to say it's really well marked. Uh, the blazes are everywhere. And so when you're on this hike, just follow the yellow, orange, or gold blazes. Um, they've been painted over multiple times. So the coloration kind of varies, but just, just follow the lighter colored one. Um, the blue blazes are the spur trail that goes back to the campground. And so if you are camping there, that's a nice little addition. Adds 1.3, 1.4 miles to the hike. So you'd clock in, uh, right around 4.8 in total and i did list a number of gps waypoints just because people did report getting lost there and so there are a number of trail intersections um, and especially crossing over golf cart path because there are a few holes on the golf course that you pass by 
Um, it's an interesting hike because there are three very distinct forest sections. So we hiked it counterclockwise and the first section was more like regrown meadow. And so very thin uh, tree cover uh, over the top, a little bit more undergrowth, which created uh, just some issues there as far as, um, you know, just kind of walking through grass and that kind of stuff. But once you get into the hardwood section, um, really it just becomes single track trail. Um, it's, you know, really well maintained. Um, plenty, of, uh, plenty of signage up there. And the falls were not uh, flowing all that well. They were on the dry side. Uh, I think it had been dry about seven days in a row leading into our trip. So that kind of crisps things up, especially when it's as hot as it's been. Um, so the falls, you know, even if they were flowing extremely well, um, the best view is still from down in the lake because uh, the falls on this hike, there's one which is Lick Falls that flows more consistently. And then there are a couple of other wet weather uh, waterfalls that drain into the lake. And so this is something that I made a note. We will definitely come back and we will paddle out <clears throat> to the base of these uh, falls so that we can get a better view. Uh, just remember that uh, there are a number of different uh, put-in locations. This one we would actually put in from the state park, uh, which is located just south of the main park entrance on Kentucky 7. Um, there's a little uh, boat launch there. And uh, so you just paddle out from there. Just remember that there are also uh, no wake zones and then there are full wake zones. And so just be mindful of that if you're out there paddling. Um, as far as the, you know, any risks and that kind of stuff, this did have, this is on the top of a cliff line uh, for the um, last mile and a half or so. And so just be mindful of that. If you're hiking with uh, youngsters, just keep them close because the, the cliffs go straight down into the lake. And so you definitely don't want to have something like that happen. So um, that was a nice uh, hike. And then after that, we did uh, just we visited the Grayson Lake Dam site, which is just a little bit further north. Um, this is partly uh, so this is U.S. Corps of Engineers property, and it's also managed in conjunction with Kentucky Fish and Wildlife as part of the Grayson Lake Wildlife Management Area. So the dam site, it has a tower and a spillway and a couple of hiking trails. And so we went up to the tower, which is a nice viewpoint. Um, there are plenty of man-made obstructions, uh, you know, across the view. So you see the dam, you see power lines, uh, road, all that other stuff. But really what this tower is about, it's a viewing uh, platform uh, for bird watching. And so there were plenty of different birds there. There were also a couple of red maples that were just starting to turn. And so that made for a beautiful view. There was also a really big sycamore um, there as well. And so um, stopped in there just to kind of check it out. Then we dropped down to the spillway and on the spillway there was a blue heron just kind of sitting at the man-made waterfall there. It's a nice peaceful spot. Uh, there's picnic shelter and uh, bathrooms, a little playground, and then a couple of hiking trails that go off of there. We didn't have time to do the hiking trails, but we'll, we'll hit it another time uh, when we come back down. So that was kind of it for us uh, when it came to Grayson, but on the way back <clears throat> we stopped in uh, to Vanceburg, Kentucky, which is just along uh, the AA um, Route 9. And so uh, we stopped there, and I remember uh, Smokey Bees Natural and Samuel uh, Jane's um, video. They finished the last 20 miles uh, of road walking uh, to get to the Ohio River from the northern terminus of the Sheltoe Trace. And so uh, I kind of made a mental note of this spot. I knew it wasn't very far off the road. And I'm glad we did it because this actually provided the best view of the entire weekend. Um, there's just a really nice, pristine view of the Ohio River. Um, you don't see a lot of industrial stuff or commercial type things. 
um, in your view. And so it's just a really nice uh, spot to visit if you're just looking for a quiet place. Uh, there's some tables there that you can do a picnic. You can also just throw down a blanket right there on the riverside and uh, enjoy your time there. Not a lot of restaurants. I think there was a bar that was uh, a couple of blocks away. There's a really nice event center there um, that looked really good. Um, the steak looked amazing uh, when I looked at pictures online. And so that's something that we may visit uh, sometime in the future. But um, this is part of the Lewis and Clark Trail, which is a national trail, uh, you know, going all the way out west. And so um, this is just another one of those stops. It does have a, well, at least the sign said, a 0.13 mile uh, walking trail. Uh, I think that might be a little bit generous. It's really maybe, you know, 30 paces down to the river. So anyway, that was our weekend. It was, it was a really nice weekend. Um, I did it thoroughly enjoy, um, you know, the time down at Grayson. It's an area that's uh, been growing on me and certainly uh, LaFonda really uh, enjoys it. And so she's looking forward to going back down again and again. So that's it for uh, our trip wrap up. And then <clears throat> in the skills segment, you know, I'm just going to talk a little bit about you know, how to enjoy misery. Um, I'm a longtime runner, hiker, um, skier. And so what that means is that I am pretty much tight everywhere, um, especially in the lower body. So uh, as it turns out, whenever you do this type of impact uh, activity and that kind of stuff, the body makes a number of natural adaptations basically to keep you safe and to help you to keep performing those same tasks. Um, so that res results in tighter muscles, tighter tendons and tighter ligaments. And so while I uh, can run for, you know, hours upon hours, you know, hike, ski, do all that stuff, um, when it comes to being flexible, that is not something that I am able to do uh, with any type, any type of ease whatsoever. So, um, so the lack of flexibility certainly creates problems, especially when it comes to sit-down paddleboarding, because as it turns out, I was able to stand up on the paddleboard for about two seconds and there were a ton of little ripples coming off as I was shaking back and forth on the top of the board. And so I just dropped down and I said, you know what, uh, forget it. I'm just gonna do a sit down paddle board and I will just embrace the misery that is to follow. So I did five miles of sit down paddle boarding in what yogis call a comfortable seat, uh, which for someone like me, uh, it's nothing but uncomfortable and it's uh, actually uh, just a terrible experience. So. You know, <clears throat> ultra marathons, you know, long backpacking trips, uh, nasty bushwhacking and other forms of type two fun that I really enjoy. Um, that is really what set the stage for me being able to do five miles sitting down completely uncomfortable the entire time. Because when you do these types of activities long enough, you just kind of get accustomed to being uh, uncomfortable. And so the more comfortable you are with that, um, the better you're going to wind up being overall, because no matter what experience you know comes your way, you're probably going to find a way to enjoy it, which is exactly what I did. So um, it was a miserable paddle. Um, I was um, definitely uh, you know squirming <laughs> while I was sitting on that paddle board, but it was also a lot of fun. And thankfully, our brains are programmed to disproportionately remember the good times instead of the bad times when it comes to this kind of stuff. And so. It's always very interesting if you ask someone who runs their first marathon or their first ultra marathon, um, you know, how they feel afterwards. Oftentimes you'll hear them say, oh, my God, that was awful. That was the hardest experience. You know, I'm never going to do it again. Uh, you fast forward a, a, you know, a couple weeks or a couple months later, and that, per that same person is signing up for their next experience. And it's mainly because what we do remember from these type two fun experiences is the fun part. You know, occasionally. Um, when we're not in pain, we will recall that it was difficult or whatever, 
but it becomes very, uh, you know, fuzzy. All right. And so uh, I would encourage you that if you've never done any of this type two uh, adventure fun outside, uh, definitely try it out sometime because it'll just make you a lot better at uh, all the things in life, including when you're out there, sit down paddle boarding in complete misery. So that is my experience. And when it comes to enjoying misery, it's just something that I have grown accustomed to over the years. And it's mainly from doing a lot of these big adventures you know, these, these hard things and the more hard things that you do, the, the better off you are because you can just, you can endure these sorts of things a lot better. All right. So now for our leave no trace segment, which is plan ahead and prepare. Um, one of the major driving forces behind the Kentucky hiker project is to make planning a hell of a lot easier. All right. Especially because in the great outdoors, there will always be, uh, multiple land managers, which means multiple map sets, multiple trail varieties, uh, multiple options for outdoor fun and you can only partake in that fun if you know it's a big if you know what's out there and so Grayson Lake the immediate area for example has um, Kentucky State Parks, Kentucky Fish and Wildlife, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and Elliott County um, managing the public lands in that immediate area. If you expand that out to the region then you can add Kentucky State Nature Preserves to the mix um, and then there's also a number of additional wildlife management areas, plenty of municipal parks, you know, that get included into all of the things that you can do outside. So you go to an even bigger region, uh, you know, let's say, for instance, like uh, Big South Fork, then you include the National Park Service, National Forest, you know, uh, all of these other things. And so the problem with having all of these different land managers, while it's wonderful to have all of these, this variety of uh, public lands, it makes it much more difficult to plan ahead um, because you've got all of these different um, you know, maps. Some of them may be super outdated. Kentucky State Parks, for example, um, their maps are always schematic maps. They, they do not actually denote the actual trail. Um, other uh, land managers will have outdated maps where maybe the last trail map was made 20 years ago or whatever. <clears throat> So while all trails and other uh, social platforms that are out there can help fill some of this gap, uh, the project that, you know, this, you know, this, the purpose behind this is really to try to consolidate a lot of that. So just to kind of give you an example, um, you know, you have to hunt a little bit for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers website um, for the Grayson Lake area. And so <clears throat> when you, when you actually pull it up, you can find it through their Facebook page. If you did a Google search, you'd have to you know, go through a number of different places. But so when you I'm just going to read this directly from uh, the website. And so this is general information. So located just seven miles south of Grayson, Kentucky on State Route 7, this core project encompasses 17,085 acres. The impounded waters of the Little Sandy River formed the 1,510 acre, 20 mile long Grayson Lake narrow and winding the lake's scenic cliffs range from 30 to 200 feet high above the lake surface the magnificent sculptured cliffs have smooth contoured surfaces enhanced by centuries of weathering the u.s army corps of engineers directly manages 643 acres at the dam site which includes recreation facilities listed below so when you go through and you scroll down there's a lot of different information but uh, what was interesting to me is that on the hiking part so there is, um, and I'll read this here as well, the Apisuats uh, hiking trail features four loops totaling over 22 miles. 
It winds through creek bottoms, hollows, and ridgetops in the more secluded region of the wildlife management area east of Grayson Lake. Elevation ranges from 600 to over 1,100 feet, and various loops provide opportunity to tailor hikes to different degrees of difficulty and time schedules. Scenery is excellent, ranging from lakeshore to managed wildlife openings to mature hardwood forest. Wildlife is abundant, and many ridgetops provide attractive ov- overlooks. Apisuats is a Shawnee phrase meaning early riser or morning star. The Shawnee were a tribe of Native Americans who viewed the eastern Kentucky forest as particularly productive hunting grounds. The Apisuats Trail was initially marked in the WMA in the early 1970s by local Boy Scouts. It fell into disuse during the 1970s and 80s. During the 90s, local Scouts remarked the trail, blazed new segments, and developed the current loop structure. Today, the trail is regularly maintained by a cooperative effort between local Boy Scouts, the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife Resources, Kentucky State Parks, and the Corps of Engineers. And so you can see right there all of the different people who, are, who have footprints uh, here on this. What was surprising about this was a couple of things. One is 22 miles. Um, I did, I, there isn't anything out there <clears throat> that shows 22 miles of trail, not on the official maps, um, not in all trails, not on any of the other uh, social platforms that are out there. And so when you take a look at a place like this, there's 22 miles. And if it's not really well known, then you know it's going to be overgrown. And so the, the, the trail reports I did find from this particular hiking area, you know, most of them were complaints. You know, oh, it's muddy. It's, you know, overgrown. It's this, it's that. It's hard to follow, whatever it may be. <clears throat> but if you plan ahead and you read this like, like I just read to you, then really during the 1990s is when it was remarked. Right. And so 1990s, that's 20 plus you know, years ago. And so things are going to be a little bit weird. Now, at the bottom of this, there's also this nice little tidbit from the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And it says this trail is a component of the new Jenny Wiley trail system administered by Kentucky State Parks. So in case you guys do not know about this, there is a little bit of history here. Um, years ago, a few decades ago, I believe, <clears throat> there was a plan to create massive trail system Um, expansion throughout Kentucky. And so you would link up from one side of the state east to west, another one from north to south, and then all the points in between through these massive trail systems. Of course, there was some money earmarked, there there was some test trail created, and ultimately it did not come to fruition. So what we have left are disparate uh, hiking trails that are kind of here and there that someday maybe might become connected. All right. And so out of those out of that major proposal, which I wish I had saved um, because it was, you know, from the government and it had a really neat little map of where these uh, trails could potentially be uh, installed. But this is something that's a super long term thing. It probably wouldn't happen until well after I'm dead. Um, But if people continue to go out and hike trails and continue to demand more trails, um, then you're going to see these expansions uh, actually come to fruition. Um, as far as major trail expansions and that kind of stuff, we can talk about that on another podcast. Um, but the, this U.S. Army Corps of Engineers uh, webpage also lists Laurel Creek. And so Laurel Creek is a major part of the Little Sandy watershed, which feeds Grayson Lake. The creek through time has carved its way through sandstone and formed a gorge with cliffs as high as 300 feet. Laurel Gorge is a section um, near Laurel Cliffs and Curves. And the Laurel Gorge Welcome Center, uh, which is, uh, I believe, owned and um, at least in part sponsored by Elliott County. Um, That is one set of hikes that I wish we would have done when we were down there because I know that there are uh, a few different waterfalls down there. uh, But that gorge is actually pretty deep. 
and uh, and it's it looks like a pretty beautiful place from the limited number of po photos that I've seen out there. So anyway, but when you're planning ahead, it's you have to search a number of different uh, land managers' websites, and so. Uh, for this, if you want to get a map of Grayson Lake Wildlife Management Area, you have to go to the Fish and Wildlife website. Uh, for the map of Kentucky State Parks, you have to go to the State Parks website. Um, for the Laurel Gorge Heritage uh, Area, I haven't seen an actual trail map. I just saw a picture of, you know, kind of an info board that has a map of the trail system. There is a developed trail, and then there's a more primitive trail that goes further down um, into the Creek Gorge. And so that's something that I am interested in seeing that primitive trail more than anything else. So I'll probably wait until waterfall season to visit that, um, just so I can make sure that I really enjoy my time under the waterfalls. Um, especially because there will likely be some bushwhacking involved when the word primitive trail comes up to a lesser known destination like this. Um, you can rest assured that there will be plenty of bushwhacking and uh, down trees and that kind of stuff in the way. So, you know, planning ahead and preparing, you know, with the website, I try to make that as easy as possible um, so that I can showcase a number of different uh, places that you might want to hike when you're visiting someplace. Grayson Lake, to me, is primarily a paddling destination. Uh, but once I get out on more of the trail system that's out there that, you know, I might change my, my view on that. So um, just when you're planning ahead, just remember there are always multiple options of researching these things. Um, so for every trip that I do, I probably do anywhere from two to three hours worth of planning and uh, preparation, uh, not counting gear. Um, getting the gear together usually takes about five minutes because you know, I kind of keep everything stowed in the bags and it's just filling up water bottles and adding some food. Um, but when it comes to planning the hikes and paddles and that kind of stuff, there's always a lot of information that you have to go through. Um, the one thing that I am uh, most interested in with that 22 miles of trail in the WMA is whether or not there are any ridgetop views. And the topography there um, certainly looks like you would have some views, at least along some of these cliff lines. Um, but you know, you never know until you actually get out there. On satellite, it doesn't look that promising. Um, but you know, hey, if it was on the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers website, it must be true, right? All right, well, maybe not. But anyway, so. Uh, that's the podcast for today. Uh, the total uh, donated to Kentucky Natural Lands Trust now stands at a big old 220 bucks, uh, and so we're at 22% the goal. And so slowly but surely, that first acre of land from the project uh, will be funded. And so this has been the Kentucky Hiker Project podcast. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, submit an ad, or give a shout out to one of your fellow hikers, go to the podcast page at kentuckyhiker.org slash podcast and hit the sponsor an episode link. I can write the ad copy or you can do it yourself. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy your next hike.